Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Why would I want to be a pepper? What do you mean, Ben? <laughs> you gotta stop asking me these crazy questions that I have no idea how to respond to. <laughs> <laughs> why would I want to be a pepper? Tell me. And why are you suggesting to me that you're already a pepper? I'm not saying that I'm a pepper. But if I were a pepper, I'd be a doctor. <laughs> if I were a doctor, I'd be Dre. So I'd be a Dr. Pepper, you'd be a Dr. Dre? Yes. Are there any other like famous doctors? Dr. Phil? Dr. Dr. Oz? Dr. Who? Oh, Dr. Who. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, I'm Ben. I'm Prashant. And we are Two Peas. In a podcast. Are we still in a podcast? I think we're still in a podcast. All right. Em- empirical evidence suggests that we are still in a podcast. <laughs> so what's new with you, my friend? Ah, uh, you know, getting older, getting a hurdy back. A hurdy back? Hurdy back, yeah. Yeah, what's that like? Ah, uh, you'll get there in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am a few months younger than you. I look forward to it. Yes. Speaking of which, in a few months, uh, I signed up for my first half marathon. Half marathon, twenty-one kilometers. Twenty-one kilometers, non-stop, oh, grueling. Left foot, right foot, left, right, left foot. Seems like it's going to be a few more left foot forward <laughs> than right foot forward. That could pose a problem. We'll uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I've never run a half marathon before, and I'm challenging myself. I am to do uh, it. going to be running a five k again. Mm-hmm. High and five. High five to that. I would like to do it relatively quickly, so I'm going to be doing some training. Define quickly. What's what's your quick 5K? Um, I think last time I was around the 30-minute mark, mm-hmm. so if I can do it in maybe 25. To knock a minute per kilometer off your time is actually very significant. You know, knocking 30, 40 seconds off your time is really, really good. In the past, I've done two 5K runs so far. Mm-hmm. I didn't really train for them. Right. Right. You just woke up and did it. Yeah. So maybe if I um, do enough running in preparation, mm-hmm. I might uh, you know develop the stamina. It'd be really f- good to you know be in the top twenty percent maybe. If I did it in twenty five minutes, would that put me in the top twenty percent? Of most likely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to run five minutes a kilometer is pretty fast. Okay. For the average person. Okay. So you're doing it in May, correct? Yes. You're doing the uh, the run for, for women. women. Yes. And the Ottawa run puts money into the Royal Ottawa Mental Health Center, into the program. It seemed like a good cause, regardless. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be running that as well. Mm-hmm. And I hope to uh, cross that finish line not too far from you. Well, I mean, you can probably beat me, right? If, if I get to train as well. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's get some training and let's get, our, let's get our run on. Let's get our run on. Run on sentence. Oh. <laughs> Should we level up? Is there any good reason not to level up? No, let's level up. So, you have a very, very nice gadget in front of you. Yes, you know me. I'm Gadget Boy. It's like my superpower. My superpower is the ability to spend money on gadgets. Yeah, I was thinking it's not (laughs) quite a superpower. It's quite the opposite, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So, I recently purchased an iPad Pro. 
And it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. It's a uh, 12.9 inch piece of glass with tons of technology behind it. Or I should say some technology and a huge battery behind it. With a lower Canadian dollar, I think it's pretty expensive too, right? right it now? was it was super expensive. I gave up my ability to buy a house <laughs> so I can have this, this beautiful little tablet. <laughs> there like, you go, folks. It's You can choose between a house and an iPad. Yeah, oh. basically. Yes, a dollar really did hurt me. I had originally purchased an iPad 2, and I got that the year it came out. And when I purchased it, I used it all the time. I went to Nepal with it, and it was a great device to have in Nepal, because you could just pull it out and use it when you needed to, and it's really portable. Right. But then over time, I started using it less and less, because it just got slower and slower. Right. Even iPad 2 was still fairly new, but it was still a kind of a primitive device. Mm-hmm. That space has just grown so much in such a small period of time right. that the devices now are just leaps and bounds better than they were mm-hmm. four or five years ago. Finally, after realizing I'm never using this iPad because it's so slow, nothing loads properly, a lot of the programs crash because mm-hmm. it's just not designed to support the operating system that's out there right now, iOS 9, right? It's mm-hmm. just not built for it. So I'm buying this one, which is completely designed for iOS 9, and it's a lot bigger too, which I thought might be a problem, being a little bit bigger, but having used it a little bit when you're running two apps at once, mm-hmm. you know, that extra bit of space just makes it useful in a way right. that even right. the regular size iPad, it's not as compelling. Right, I see. Um, so it's a, it's a 12-inch device, is that correct? Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Uh, I had a 15-inch laptop when I was a university student, and it felt humongous. It felt really large. Right. I was jealous of my friends with 14-inch laptops because they just seemed so much portable, right? Mm-hmm. But because technology has gotten better, you know, they're slimmer, the bezels are not as big, and they're just lighter in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15-inch laptops just seem perfectly fine now. And uh, and also because the aspect ratio has changed. So 15-inch laptop used to be bigger back in the day than, right. than they are now. And in, in the same way, you know, I, I think a 12-inch iPad now is just much more palatable than even a 10-inch iPad might have been. And you look at the regular 9.7-inch size now, mm-hmm. because the bezel is smaller on the iPad Air 2 compared to the iPad 2, yeah. it itself is a smaller device, mm-hmm. but right beside the iPad Pro, it feels like a much smaller device, because the iPad Pro is like 70, I think 8% more screen real estate. Like, it's just night and day. Like, it looks like an iPad mini, <laughs> mm-hmm. which makes the iPad mini look like, you know, a giant iPhone. <laughs> It's funny how it works, you know? But yeah, now that I have this new iPad, I've been using it all the time Mm -hmm. as sort of my default go-to device for consuming stories and playing games or whatever I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the iPad Pro right now, today, is the most advanced iPad device in the lineup. So it's theoretically going to last me longer than any of the other ones might have as well. You never know. You never know. Everything seems very, very fancy and advanced when you first get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Aside from changing the device completely, mm-hmm. like turning it from a tablet to a, like a hybrid device with a, a laptop component or, or anything like that, yeah. the rate at which devices will get better, I don't think will be as dramatic. Right? And I think battery technology has improved so that they probably don't deteriorate as quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am slightly, not too, too much, because I don't think I would use iPad as quite as much as you, but I'm slightly jealous of your iPad. Well, when you got your... BlackBerry Playbook, you were quite amused with it, and you were touting it as, oh, look at this, I bought it. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun to play with for a while, right? Mm-hmm. 
I, I found that when I was not at home, the phone was good enough for the most part. Mm-hmm. And when I was at home, I found that the computer was still a better device mm-hmm. and you could do more with it. When I'm at home, I have like my desktop computer. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the go, I have the iPad, which is a great device for being able to share with someone else. Mm-hmm. Because it's so big, it's easy to say, oh, look at this, look at this, right. and have them interact with you. You know, a phone is a much more intimate device, or it's, it's just you. I, I think maybe because of our different uh, roles, mm-hmm. maybe I just don't have to do that as much. Right. Right. Uh, and I, I, maybe I just don't take notes as much <laughs> mm-hmm. as you do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with a smartphone, you know, with the five inch or so a form factor that they have converged on. Right. Uh, I, uh, I so, you, like... so you're happy with five inches? Yes. <laughs> it's quite sufficient, I find. I find with the iPad, I'm actually reading magazines. I pick up magazines all the time, and I'll flip through them for a little bit, but I don't actually read the content. Right. But here, there's an app called Texture, mm-hmm. which is a, a magazine aggregate, so mm-hmm. you, you get a subscription. Right. Uh, and then you have access to like hundreds of magazines mm-hmm. as they come out on newsstands. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually able to download them, read them on the go, and it's it's a great way to consume it and to share it because you can save individual right. stories like that, you know? I, I think a uh, magazine experience just would be unparalleled compared to a phone. And this form factor is, is a great size because the text is big, it's crisp. Like, it's I don't like the app on a phone, but I love it on the iPad. Same with, uh, like, iBooks or Kindle. I can't read them on a phone because the text needs to be a certain size. You're reading chunks at a time. Yeah. But on, on the iPad, you just get the whole experience. Right. Finally, drawing on the iPad is fantastic. One of the reasons I kind of forced myself to purchase this was to say, all right, with this device, I'm going to start drawing again. And there's quite a few drawing apps that take advantage of the Apple Pencil, which is sort of the the stylus-like device. You're using the pencil on an angle, and it gives you a wider Mm brushstroke. You tap harder, it gives you a harder line. You know, little things like that. It's much more enjoyable of an experience, because it's all sort of natural. Mm -hmm. And I think as that sort of technology improves... You know, eventually I think the idea is let's turn this iPad, which is maybe seven millimeters thick, yeah. into like a five millimeter, three millimeter paper-like device. But you make a great Apple salesman. Yeah. Maybe I should work at the Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous new iPad. I, I even etched the back of it. It says, the only thing predictable about life is its unpredictability. That's profound. Yeah. Did he come up with that? No, it's a, it's a Monsters, Inc. quote. Okay. Uh, so what about you? Have you leveled up recently? You know, I end up having these discussions with a lot of people about science. You Just know? science? Just science in general, uh, or scientific theory, mm-hmm. right? Um, like gravity or evolution, right? A lot of people are dismissive of evolution because it's a theory. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking, you know, I think science is not taught well, you know? People really don't understand the scientific method. People should not be dismissive of scientific theories because a lot goes into coming with them, right? It's, it's more than just somebody's idea, mm-hmm. right? It has to have something to stand on and it has to be repeatable. It has to be, you know, it has to be um, something that other people can emulate and, you know, come to the same conclusion. Right, right. right. I think science is just not taught well because... I found science or, you know, scientific method in uh, labs were just too cumbersome when I was learning them in high school. Mm-hmm. And Did Mr. Just, Bushfield not do his job? I, mean, I, I don't, I don't want to put it on just the science team, right? <laughs> I think it's the whole curriculum. Right, okay. Um, I think what would have been better is if the, sci- if the class was doing science together, 
right? You know, the burden of doing science properly was taken by the teacher, mm-hmm. but you know, the whole class was participating in the process of finding an answer, right? Here's some unknown. Let's do some science and let's find the answer. Science should just simply be, you know, a process of finding the answer, and that's how it should be seen, mm-hmm. you know. But it, it, it's too often seen as just, you know, just facts that are made up by some people, and you can <laughs> choose to believe it or not. Your choice. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and it's uh, kind of unfortunate because, you know, a lot of a lot of people are doing a lot of really, really interesting things out there, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people are just simply dismissive of well, the, the work that goes in there. Yeah, know? I mean, look at just, you know, simple vaccinations, right? Mm-hmm. People spend a lot of time perfecting the idea of the serum that's going to protect you from something that could kill you for the rest of your life. And then people just wake up and say, no, I don't think it's, it's, it's a good thing. I think it's more harmful. You know, it's unfortunate because a lot more thought went into coming up with one of those two theses than the other, you know? Right. So one took a lot of effort and thought and experimentation. Mm-hmm. One did not. Mm-hmm. They should not be treated equally. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just sit here and come up with something that makes sense to me, it should not have the same weight in a discussion as something that hundreds of people have thought about and refined and tried to find holes in it. Mm-hmm. Those should have a lot more weight than, you know, something that I just came up with. It only takes one person's idea to fundamentally change, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole course of, of a field. No, sure, that's fine, right? But it can have the same weight when it's gone through the same process. Right. You know, when like I have the- put it out there, when <laughs> other people have repeated it, when other people are able to say, yeah, I did the same things that you did, I got the same result. Mm-hmm. But until we get to that point, I don't think it should have the same weight that, you know, something that's been established should have. Okay, so what would you do differently to sort of lend science a little bit more respect? As I said earlier, I think it, people just need to do science without the pressure of producing a scientific paper. Mm-hmm. Because I think we focus too much on the process that the, whole, the idea of scientific method gets lost on people. As a class, we should be saying, hey, there is an interesting question. We don't know the answer to that. There could be a variety of answers. Let's go figure out the answer. So school should just be like the magic school bus? Where they run into a problem and they get in the school bus together and discover it firsthand? Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. People need to realize that science is just a process. It's not a list of facts. And it is really the best process that we have come up with so far. That's my gripe because, you know, once in a while I talk about uh, evolution. Mm-hmm. And some people will say, oh, I don't believe in evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, what do you mean you don't believe in evolution? I-, I-, I studied bioinformatics in university. This whole field of bioinformatics wouldn't make sense in the absence of evolution. A whole lot of our biology that we learn wouldn't make sense in the absence of evolution, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's time people um, gave it some credence. A lot of work from a lot of very, very intelligent people has gone into coming up with this idea. And it makes sense, you know? And if you don't believe it, you should have a good reason not to believe it. Do an experiment that disproves it. Then I'm perfectly happy to listen to you. But just don't say, I don't believe it. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Would proper science education change that? 
I think so. I think people would give a lot more respect to what a scientific theory is, mm-hmm. give a lot more respect to how science works, and how we're able to answer difficult-sounding questions by taking the right steps. You know, if we answer difficult questions by doing carefully designed experiments ourselves, mm-hmm. then we could appreciate that a lot more. You know, science education should be like detective work that Sherlock Holmes does, you know? <laughs> He comes to a whole lot of interesting conclusions based on the evidence that's provided. Right. The layman would say, how the heck could he possibly come to that conclusion? Right, but, but somebody who understands what Sherlock Holmes does mm-hmm. can appreciate that interesting conclusions could be derived from the evidence. Indubitably. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Inspector Gadget. I don't know why. <laughs> the uh, Sherlock Holmes expression. Inspector Gadget goes, go, go, Gadget, copter, and then a helicopter comes out of his hat. <laughs> <laughs> You're very different. Interesting. Uh, how's that for science? <laughs> you, you say that you want science to be taught more hands-on. You do the science, but you don't so much worry about the lab report. That lab report made it very cumbersome for people, I think. You have to have your hypothesis. You need to have your procedures. It needs to be correctly laid out, mm-hmm. you know. But but those are all the tools that people in the scientific community use in order to... Yeah, what I'm saying is put that burden on the teacher. The whole class can together come up with the lab report, mm-hmm. right? And the teacher can be the one that ends up producing the final product. And the students can be observers to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And they can just be focused on the science itself rather than on the science paper. Let's not burden students with the things that they don't like doing. Mm-hmm because it's distracting them from learning what science is. If you think about it, life is collaboration. I have coworkers that I work with. I have a role within the team. It is a collaboration. You're right. So you, you need to flip the whole classroom and, and put the burden of learning not on the teacher, but uh, on the students to find something that engages them hmm. and then go discover it. You know, there, there's a whole sort of theory that I had read about at one point. Mm-hmm. Well, you think you look at the three R's of education, yeah. which are reading, writing, and arithmetic. Mm-hmm. That is only partially relevant to students of today, mm-hmm. because of just how different the world is. You need to be able to also search for good information, interpret good information, and then redistribute that good information to others. Right. Right. That sort of the, the fourth R mm-hmm. that kids need to be learning these days. Right. So because really, there's a lot of information and disinformation on the internet. Exactly, and the internet is accessible to everybody now. Yeah, how do you navigate that and get useful things out of it? Mm-hmm. Right. You're so, right. so I think part of the scientific approach mm-hmm. could be, you know, go learn for yourself to prove or disprove what someone is telling you. I I think that could be complementary to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes, the ability to distill information and to filter out bad information would be extremely handy. Mm-hmm. Right? Because of the nature of the internet, you know, you may put a lot more effort into putting your, your information on the internet than me. Right. And we might put contradictory information. Uh, but you have put a lot more thought and effort than what I might have done. Right? If kids can browse our websites and come to the conclusion that your website makes a lot more sense than mine, then that would be a good skill to instill on on our students. So how has this this whole line of thinking changed you? What and what do you plan to do about it? 
Doing something about it is always the harder thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess the first step was to talk about it with you. Okay. And, you know, put it on a podcast. <laughs> that can't be a bad start. Mm-hmm. Right? The more people I talk to, you know, more I will re- either find my idea or find holes in my ideas. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that can't be a bad thing. So I think the first step is just to talk. And the second step would be to improve science education, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So if you can if you can help uh, present it out here, you know how to reach him. Yeah. Um, but uh, you have something a little lighter-hearted. Yes. Is it a joke? <laughs> well, you decide if it's a joke or not. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll pose a question to you. All right. All right. Uh, do you think glass coffins will become popular? Not at all. Well, it remains to be seen. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> because it's glass and I can see the remains. Thank <laughs> you, joke explainer. <laughs> oh, man. What do you want to wear when you die? <clears throat> uh, what do I want to wear? I, I guess just something that um, makes me look um, respectable and not like a clown or something, you know? So not what you're wearing now? No. <laughs> so maybe uh, just a suit and tie. That's what seems to be the conventional wisdom. You get married, you wear a suit and tie. You die, you wear a suit and tie. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> you graduate school, you wear a suit and tie. Huh. It's, it's the go-to thing for all things in life. Yeah. I guess I need to dress for success. No matter what stage in life. Even if you're at the stage where you're no longer life. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of all of this life business, mm-hmm. I think you posed a really good uh, would you rather scenario with me earlier today. So maybe we should just jump into that, would you? So let's say for this uh, sake of discussion that human lifespan is 100 years. Mm-hmm. So would you rather live 500 years in one lifetime? So, like, live for 500 years? Live for 500 years. Okay. Or would you rather live five times normal 100-year lifespans? I live 100 years, I die. I come back and live another 100 years, yes. I die. The only thing you know is uh, that you are on your second or third or fourth or fifth life. Uh, you have some memories of the past, enough to um, prove to others that you have lived that life and prove to yourself that you've lived that life. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get to carry that experience to the next life. That sounds rather complex. Lots of rules well, to I how mean, this power works. <laughs> you know, if, if you didn't have any recollection of the past, then you don't know that you're going to be living five lifetimes. Mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, I guess if you would compare the two, the easiest scenario is if you lived that 500 years mm-hmm. at once, yeah. then you know what's happened. It's clear. You know you got something. But... At the same time, if you're the only one who's living 500 years, mm-hmm. then basically you end up with, you know, 10 sets of families and, and friends and, you know, you survive everyone that you've ever known. Yeah. Up until the end, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make it more palatable, it doesn't take you five times longer to reach adolescence. You reach adolescence at the normal pace. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would be in my 20s for, like... 50 years, and then I'd be in my 
30s for 50 years. And then I'd be in yes. my 40s for 50 years. But you wouldn't be in your first 10 years of your life for 50 years. Right. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could... If I would want to live for 500 years. Is, I, I, I mean... Is it is it uh, solely because you'd be losing friends and family? You'd be losing friends and family and, you know, you'd get used to something and then it's all changed. and So you'd have to adapt to change... A lot more than any other person would, because you're going through 500 years of change. I mean, yes, but um, maybe uh, you can also be the wise person that people come to for answers. And people come to you to say, we have a new problem in society. You might have already seen it. (laughs) What's your take on this? Maybe. But let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. There was a study that was done Mm -hmm. that determined that people's musical taste, on average hardens after 33 years. So at, at 33 years mark, which we're slowly approaching, slowly. we're quickly approaching. Slowly. <laughs> so theoretically, according to this model, yeah. after 33 years, we're not going to like any new music. You know, We're going to like what's existed, and that's all we're going to like. So do I live like the next 400 years of my life listening to classical music? Well, no, 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 no. because you live in your 20s for 50 years, right? right. You have 50 years instead of 10 years to hone your musical tastes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, your first three years of your 30s will last 15 years, right? Right. Um, I don't think you will ever run out of music you like. You know, first of all, music can live with you. You know, if you want, you can just listen to your old, you know, music from 2000s and you don't have to listen to music from 2300s. Right? <laughs> um, so I don't think that's a, that would be a problem for you, right? And second of all, I think you will always have some genre that you will like. Mm. Right. Uh, but, but I was just trying to ask, you know, at what point am I the wise one who has seen a lot of things? And at what point am I just the crazy old man who's living in the past? How present will I be for that 500 years? I think as present as you decide to be. I mean, I, I imagine when you're uh, in your 300s, <laughs> it might become harder and harder to keep up with new things, right? And you have to do that for 100 years rather than 10 or 20 years here, right? So that might be a little bit of a challenge. But I don't think, you know, is if you planned well and you have a lot of time to plan, <laughs> you, uh, I think you can manage it. Okay. Well, let, let's just say that I'm living in my 100-year time spans. Do I stay a guy that whole time? Do I switch between a, being a man, being a woman? Do I switch between being Caucasian and being black do i you know am i a latino Uh, am i human like how does that work maybe that's important to take into consideration good question you are going to be human in all five cases but the gender and the race and where you're born is indeterminate it'll be all random except let's say that you will not have to live a life of extreme poverty you might you might just say you know what i want good 500 years life i don't want to take a chance you know, in a really, really poor sub-Saharan African family. Mm-hmm. So let's say you will... Uh, gender is not determined. It could be random. You could be a guy or a girl. Uh, the race is not determined. You could be any race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that you will not fall in under extreme poverty. And am I guaranteed these hundred years? If I know that I'm going to live five lifetimes and I'm in my third lifetime... No, 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 no. Like, I might be a lot it, it, riskier with, with no, how it, I live my not, life. You're not guaranteed these 100 years. Uh, you know, your metabolism runs at the normal pace, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that if people take care of themselves and they don't get uh, cancer or a heart attack or whatever, 
that they could live to 100. So you're just an average person, right? In the case of a 500-year lifespan, your metabolism is five times slower. So if somebody shoots you, you're still dead. Mm, okay. There, there's no way of me for me being invincible for. No, I think that would uh, that would be a whole different question. <laughs> yeah, I think I would like the appeal of having lived five lifetimes because that gives me five different frames of reference in order to view life. You know, I, I think by my fifth lifetime, I would be a wiser person, sort of in that lifetime, than I would be living as a four hundred year old man. You think so? Yeah. I think just having a lot more diversity and having different perspectives, having lived with different people. Yeah, I mean, the idea is that you don't remember too, too much of your past, right? Mm -hmm. I think I I would have five attempts to leave my mark on humanity, for example, Mm, right? As opposed to just one. I think my potential for being great, for example, is increased in living five different lifetimes. Okay. So you'd rather be great once and average four times than to be slightly above average once, perhaps. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I think I would choose the the 500 continuous years option. Like, I, I think you'd just get bored and, you know, everyone would die around you and you'd make new friends and then they would die around you and you would just get isolated and be a hermit and just... Not want to live. I think you'd be stuck not wanting to live. You know, I was just going to say I want the 500-year lifespan until you just said this. (laughs) I don't know how easy it'll be and how difficult it'll be to lose friends and lose family continuously. Right. If that makes you a depressed person and you just want to live in some mountain away from society, then you're not benefiting from that 500 years Mm -hmm. of lifespan. We always say life is too short. If we only had more time, so that we could recover from our mistakes of the past. We make one fatal mistake and we're kind of doomed, right? Well, if it's a fatal mistake, then uh, you yeah. know, you're in a glass coffin, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe fatal is not the right word. <laughs> if you make one uh, large mistake, you know, it kind of sets you back a lot mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. lifetime, right? But in this 500-year lifetime, you can take a lot more chances. Because your learning is concrete and it stays with you that whole time. Yes. Then... You do have a greater potential to learn. You're in your 20s and 30s for 100 years, really. You know? mm-hmm. That's a long time to be in the prime of your life. But also in that 100 years, you're going to... Like, as a 20-year-old, you want to hang out with other 20-year-olds. You'll have whole sets of 20-year-olds that you'll be with. I you mean, know? you could spend your time in university, for example, for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. You could keep learning, right? I mean, that could cost you. <laughs> you make a point here in that, you know, if you're in your 20s... Yeah. You can spend like a whole century just learning. Mm-hmm. You might be able to pick up connections that people just don't have time to make. Exactly. I, I think you could be a lot wiser as a 500-year-old than, you know, having just vague recollections of your past lives. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, you're choosing a life that would allow you to be very wise and very intelligent and very smart, perhaps, mm-hmm. at the cost of constantly losing loved ones and friends. Right. 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 Um, whereas in the other option, you know that you, you, the first four times you will die on, in, in your deathbed, you'll think, oh, you know, I'll come back. You know, maybe it's not so bad. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot easier to digest when you know you'll come back. Right. It, it's a lot more peaceful living. 
I think a lot more peaceful living. At least the first four ones. Right? Yeah, at least the first four ones. It's, <laughs> it's peaceful, right? No. And 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 you don't have to be very different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I, I think I'd still choose the the, the snack size. <laughs> you know, five lifetimes. So so I, I I think what you're saying is if we could have complete recollection of our past lives, it'll be a no-brainer for you. Absolutely. Okay. You know, we should ask our uh, audience. What yeah. would they choose? Yes, listeners. I know you're out there. There's a few of you. <laughs> let us know, let us know what you what do you think. Would you rather have one really long life to sort of enjoy whatever comes to you, or would you rather have five shorter lives, not shorter than what you would probably live currently, mm-hmm. right? Like full lives, but have five of them, five different perspectives. What's your thought? What are your thoughts? You can let us know on Facebook. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash we are two peas. That's the numeral two P E A S. There will be links there to this, uh, this episode where you'll be able to uh, sound off and, uh, you can go to the website. We are two peas.ca where all of our episodes are available and you can sign off there as well. There's links to all of our other platforms as well. And I guess to end things off, we should have our words of wisdom. So we were uh, looking for some good words to share with everybody. We came across this uh, music lyric by Smokey Robinson that says, A taste of honey is worse than none at all. Very interesting, you know, because this is, uh, on the surface, contrary to Shakespeare's quote, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Right. But what this quote is saying is that you know, if you just get a taste for something, if you just experience a sample of life, the idea of only having that is worse than never having experienced it. Mm. You, you you can't be sad of not having had an experience if you just don't go there. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, you you never feel sad about missing out on something you don't know. Exactly. So either go all in, you know. Right. Eat the jar. Eat the jar. <laughs> <laughs> or or just don't even go there. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shakespeare is saying it's better to go all the way. You know, love love is, is a deep thing. You go all in. And right. it's better to at least do that and have it end horribly. Than to not experience love at all. I think that's the difference between the two quotes. Okay. So they can both be right. I think so. Okay. We should test it scientifically. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we bid the adieu. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Catch you next time.